Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about something that I'm actually pretty passionate about. And that is that 99% of y'all actually don't need to be tracking your carbs and your fats. Just focusing on protein and calories will be enough. Okay. So I said 99% of you. So I am going to address the 1% because I know you're all thinking that you are the 1% and I'm going to tell you, you're probably not. So let me just make sure that I can uh, ease your mind about who qualifies for that 1%. Then I'm going to go over some questions that I got. I did post this on Instagram that 99% of people don't need to be tracking carbs and fats. And every single time I share this opinion, I get a a lot of different questions. And so I'm kind of excited to go over some of those different questions that I got. Well, the two that I think are the most important. So let's dive on into this. Before we get into it, uh, today is September 11th. And today on the app, three groups are starting new training. So the fat loss group, the muscle and strength group, and my personal program, which is train with me. Um, They are all starting today. So depending on your goals, get on in there, sign up and join us for training. So this is just ongoing training. Um, Every six to eight weeks, uh, I write new programming and put it in there. So all you have to do is go to the gym or even their home alternatives. So just walk into your garage and uh, train with us. Um, My personal programming is five days. The rest of them are four days. But I do have some other programs within the app that are three-day programs or purely at-home programs. So whatever your goals are, go ahead and check it out. Okay, let's dive into this, y'all. Who qualifies for the 1% in my opinion? So there are two groups of people. One of them would be competitors um, because they are really pushing into an extreme diet. And a lot of times they are matching their nutrition with their training program. If they have a smart coach, the coach will be doing that. And so that's really important for them to, as they push into these extreme, you know, extremely low body fat percentages to try to pair the the carb intake with exactly what their um, their program is going to be requiring for them to get the look that they want, okay? And it is it's pretty intense. So that's one. So it, it, unless you are a competitor, you probably don't fall in under that one percent. Who is the other one percent? The other one percent are those that fall victim to extreme dieting. So people who have fallen victim to things like, oh, all carbs are bad. You have to go keto type of mentality. Now, keep in mind, I have no problem when people choose to do keto uh, because they know that they're getting into a calorie deficit with it um, and they enjoy it, um, then by all means. But it's, it's not special, you know, Studies have shown time and time and time again that uh, really a calorie deficit is what you need to drive fat loss, whether that comes from intermittent fasting or keto 
or calories. It doesn't, I mean, well, calories, yeah, because we got to be in a calorie deficit, but but uh, tracking macros, whatever your approach may be. Look, dieting sucks. Let's just Let's just throw that out there. I'm not a big fan of being hungry. I'm not a big fan of fat loss phases. It's not, I think people think that because I can put my head down and do it for a short, short time that I must just really enjoy it. And I'm like, um, I get hangry just like the next person. I don't per- particularly enjoy it, which is why I have made sure that I've found what works best for me and the, the path of least suckiness. That's what I think somebody needs to do. But those of you who have chosen to track as you push into a fat loss phase, you really don't need to be tracking carbs and fats unless you are one of those people, like I said, who's a competitor or somebody who uh, kind of has fallen victim to extreme dieting, like carbs are bad or fats are bad. And, and and really just fallen victim to poor associations on Instagram, let's be honest, or TikTok, um, aka following people who demonize certain macros with, that don't need to be. And so for those individuals in the past, when they've come to me as a new client, uh, we have had to have them track carbs so that they can see that carbs aren't evil. And they're seeing that their body is responding really well to the goal and the carbs aren't holding them back. So that's actually where I really um, will have people track is when they are maybe prepping for a photo shoot um, or if they come to me from kind of already being in an extreme approach with some bad relationship around food in general. So that's something that's just really important. That, in my mind, you fall under the 1%. 99% of the rest of y'all, you you don't need to. So I say that with confidence. So I can say that with confidence because of my background actually having clients do both. So um, I used to believe that everyone needed to track macros when they decided to track foods for fat loss. And that is something that I changed my mind on years ago. Um, I personally haven't tracked carbs and fats for years. Um, Wait, slightly that is a lie because this year I actually was trying some carb cycling approaches and I quickly remembered how exhausting it was to, you know, I try to hit a carb number and a fat number and a protein number and it 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 was exhausting. So I really do believe unless you are that one percent, it is overrated, highly overrated. And we'll go into the pros of that later. The pros of letting go of that and only tracking protein. And calories. Now, once again, I'm going to set this up by explaining a few things. So fat loss comes down to a calorie deficit, correct? We are putting your body in an energy deficit. So it's really important to know that only protein and calories are really necessary. Why do I even include protein? Well, to make sure that as you step into a fat loss phase that you're maintaining muscle for maximal health. So as you drop body fat 
or post-recovery dieting phase, you're getting enough protein to maintain muscle mass that will allow you to eat a little bit more when we get up to uh, maintenance and keep some really good uh, health measures as well. If we can maintain as much muscle mass as possible, we can do that. So common questions I get, how do you track calories and not carbs and fats? So obviously calories are made up of macros, right? The macros make up the calories. What do I mean by that? Well, one gram of protein and one gram of carbohydrates equal four calories. So it's not like we can completely disconnect these, right? One gram of fats equals nine calories. Alcohol, most people don't know this, but alcohol is, it's a non-essential, but it is a macronutrient. One gram of alcohol is seven calories. So calories are made up of macros. So whenever I tell people I don't track macros, I only look at protein and calories. I should say I don't track all of my macros. I only track protein and look at calories and try to stay within a calorie range. Somebody else asked me another question. I feel like I wasn't explaining this very well on Instagram because then I got a bunch of people saying, well, how do you know if you're just tracking protein, what your calories are? So let me just make this very, very clear. I still track and put into my fitness pal or whatever tracker I'm using. I still put in my meals, scan barcodes, put in like the nutritional information. If I go to out to, you know, Chick-fil-A and I find Chick-fil-A, click on the sandwich I'm eating and put that in. So it all goes in there, but I completely ignore trying to make my calories up of certain amounts of carbs and fats. So I ignore completely what carbs and fats are saying. And when I'm looking at my tracker, I only am looking at the protein and making sure that I'm hitting my protein and staying within a certain you know range for calories. That's it. So right now I'm trying out macro factor and I, I was testing it out. How did it do finding maintenance? I can, it told me these are what your fats and carbs should be and your protein and your calories. I completely ignored fats and carbs and just focused on calories and protein. And it nailed it as far as what my maintenance was. So I've already shared that in another podcast. I really encourage people who are trying to find their maintenance to use MacroFactor to do that because it's just like $12 uh, for a month and you can easily find your uh, maintenance. I also wanted to test how responsive it, because it's very responsive. It has you check in, it has you weigh in, it has you plug in what you're eating and it will tell you like what to eat depending on the goal. So I tested it out for maintenance. Now I put it into uh, a fat loss um, 
phase because I want to test out how responsive it is and how well it's doing for that. And so far it's been great. Um, So it gave me protein, 130 grams of protein. And then it told me what my carbs and fat should be, but I ignore those. And I am only focusing on the calories that it told me. So that's it. So those other two are still showing up in the tracker. I'm just ignoring them. So that's how I'm doing it. So that's a lot of questions are usually around how do you do this? How do you just look at protein calories? Okay. So hopefully that's answered that. Now let me answer the second question, which I actually felt like was probably the best, the best reason not to do this approach. The best reason somebody would have of tracking carbs and all of the macros is somebody brought up, I don't look at calories. I only look at macros and try to hit, you know, these these so-called special macro numbers because there's always a discrepancy between calories and, and macros. They actually didn't know what the discrepancy was or what caused it. I, I do have a, a whole podcast episode on this, but I'll just kind of revisit this a little bit. She's right. There is going to be at times a slight discrepancy between calories and macros. Now, this could be for a few different reasons. One, maybe somebody plugged in information into MyFitnessPal and it was poorly done. That's one reason. But another reason that is the most common, because this is for people who are like scanning in their stuff. They're like, I scanned in my tortilla and it's saying that I've now hit my carbs and yet my calories are still lower. I still have calories left over. So there's this discrepancy between both of them. So do I have calories or don't I? So typically what this is from is fiber. So it's actually linked to carbs. So if you were, I see this a lot with low carb breads or tortillas, what they do is they subtract the fiber from the carbs. So they'll say, well, you do have X amount of carbs, but we're going to subtract the amount of grams that come from fiber so that doesn't show up under calories. That's why you see the discrepancy most often. It's There's some as well from sugar alcohols, but mostly we're seeing this from fiber. And let me explain why this is. So there's two kinds of fiber. There's soluble and insoluble. Soluble fiber slows down digestion of foods. Technically, fiber, like it's it's a carb, but technically soluble fiber isn't four calories. Like one gram of carbs would typically be four calories. Soluble fiber is two calories. Insoluble fiber, your body doesn't typically, well, so it said your body doesn't digest it. It doesn't have enzymes to digest it. But that's not 100% true because some people do. Because that insoluble fiber 
the body doesn't digest it, and it just helps push food through your body. And it's said to have zero calories. So they add this fiber, and then they can take technically that zero calories. So now we're just going to take that from the calories. Do you see how that ends up happening? Here's where it gets really confusing. Let me. So, is the person more accurate that's choosing to count those? Maybe, maybe not. Right? We just barely learned that insoluble fiber, most of the time, for most individuals, could be zero calories. Soluble fiber isn't for its two. This is where tracking macros starts to get into some gray areas that I think is where people take it too far. It actually doesn't matter if you decide to track the fiber or not track the fiber. And let me explain why. And, and I'm, I know I'm going to shake people. I usually do when I share this. The FDA allows for up to a 20% error rate on nutrition labels. So are you even getting precisely what the nutrition label says you are? You could be getting 20% less. You could be getting 20% more. You could be getting 20 calories less. You could be getting 20 calories more. But this is where people start obsessing so much about the nitty gritty that of tracking that I feel like they just get lost in it and they're missing the whole point. In and of itself, tracking macros has an error rate to it, depending on the nutrition label, depending the pers- on the person and how well they digest or don't digest food. There's a, a, a certain rate of error that's just part of it. Now, I'm not saying that you just throw up your hand and say, well, there's there's some error in it, so it's stupid and nobody should do it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's actually okay because isn't the end goal to drop body fat or maybe you're using them to, to go into a build and build muscle or maybe you're using them to find your maintenance. You're using them for the goal. The goal actually isn't to be the best macro tracker in world history. That's actually not the goal because I know a lot of people who are really good at tracking macros when they do track macros, but they don't ever lose body fat because of other things that are preventing them from being consistent in the calorie deficit. So the goal is actually not to be the best macro tracker in the world right? The goal is beyond that. It's to maintain or it's to lose body fat or it's to gain muscle. It's bigger than that, right? It's bigger than this. I'm, I'm going to obsess about, oh, should I? Oh, so that means it's not four calories for that carb. It's only two. So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, I'm going to minus two to make it more accurate for the, are you kidding me? Who has that time? Who has the mental bandwidth 
to do something like that. Maybe if you're a competitor, but even then, it's actually okay that there's discrepancies. It's so tiny. It's like when people are get obsessed about, well, do, do we track it, you know, protein cooked or protein uncooked? And, oh, I was doing it all wrong. I didn't lose weight because I was tracking it cooked. And, and not un- that's not why you weren't losing weight, actually. That's not. It's because you weren't being consistent. So the main thing is choose. I don't care how you track. Just be consistent at it. That's what's going to get you to your goal is the consistency of it. The whole point of tracking macros is not to be amazing at tracking macros. The whole point is to have some type of oversight of your nutrition to limit what's coming in. That's the whole point. And and so many people are getting lost in the weeds. And then you know, I've been doing this for a while. And then three years later, they come out and say, macro tracking was bad for me mentally. Yeah. I remember when you were weighing your protein bars and weighing your sliced bread that came packaged and you were telling everybody to subtract two calories for every gram of soluble fiber. And yeah, you are 100% right. It was horrible for you mentally because of where you go, where you take things mentally, right? So that, so let's leave that to, to, let's not do that. Let's not go there. Let's just be, (laughs) my dad always says normal mammals, normal mammals about this. Let's just be a normal mammal. Let's be normal. Let's not go to extremes. Let's just choose the tracking method that works best for us and just stick with it. And I can tell you, when I started with my clients, dropping them tracking carbs and fats, do you know what happened to the compliance ratio? Skyrocketed. All of a sudden, people were being far more compliant. So let's talk now about the pros of letting go of carbs and fats. I'm not saying that, you know, if you walk away from this podcast needing like still fixated on carbs and fats, like that's fine. You do you. But it has been wonderful to watch people let go of it and find a bit more freedom. So when I have people track calories and protein, it, yes, it is to lose weight or find maintenance or build. Yes, there are there's those goals, but there's a goal beyond that because that's cool if somebody can lose five pounds, but if they have to keep doing it every year or every three months or something like that, that five to 10 pounds, because they keep putting it back on again, then that's not very satisfying for that individual, right? they're going to be frustrated. They work so hard to lose this weight just to, you know, 15, 20 pounds, just to put it all back on again. So the bigger picture, yes, there's like this short term, they want to hit this goal, lose weight, maintenance, build, whatever. But there's a bigger picture beyond that. And that is getting people to have a lifestyle and be more habitual with their foods. 
So if I tell somebody, look, you have to hit 110 protein and carbs have to be 130 and fats have to be, you know, 55, then they now have these constraints. Okay. I've, I've, I've got to make sure that, you know, I, I can't go above 130 in carbs, but then also I'm telling them, okay, and you've got to find foods that you love that you'll eat in a calorie deficit. And then when you go back up to maintenance, you'll just eat a little bit more of it in maintenance. And so we can keep these habits. But the problem is, is I've put on, put these constraints on the carbs and fats. So now they're forced and some people are good at this. Most people are not. They're forced to find meals that are within these constraints. But if instead, if I just tell somebody, hey, look, you want to eat three, four meals a day, then get 30 grams of protein, 400 calories. Every time you eat 30 grams of protein, 400 calories. Now, all of a sudden, all they have to worry about is, okay, I've got to learn how to get more protein in because 400 calories and it can land, you know, carbs and fats wherever it may for that 400 calories. If, if I give them some constraint on carbs, but they love eating carbs and they usually eat a ton, now all of a sudden the meal that they may naturally turn to and love that they would take into maintenance is off the table. Because if they have the oatmeal that they love and, we t- and I teach them how to make it really high protein and just really, really yummy, and they would love that, well, but that takes 50 carbs. And then they would be, carb poor for the rest of the day. So they can't make that choice. See, it's, it turns into this macro Tetris and I'm not a big fan of it. I actually think it works against people then helps them out. So they start saying no to foods that they would have enjoyed more, would have been more consistent because it would have made them carb poor or fats poor. And then if they do say yes to themselves and that high protein you know, 50, 60 carb breakfast that's going to keep them really full because it's fibrous and keep them really full and enjoying the meal. They they say yes to that. Then the rest of the day, they have to choose meals that are like, oh, well, I didn't, I mean, I'd prefer to have like you know, a sandwich, but now I can't because I don't have any more carbs and, and I want to save carbs for dinner because my family likes having rolls. And so I can't even eat what I really would actually enjoy more for for lunch. So I have to choose an option that I kind of don't enjoy, but at least I get my protein and it's just, it doesn't make me feel satisfied. And so, yeah, those people, they have a really hard time sticking on, staying on track. Really, really hard time. Because all throughout the day, they constantly have to check into carbs and fats. Instead of just like, hey, 30 grams protein, Let's teach you how to maximize protein with foods you love. And it could be 400 calories. That's way easier than trying to get all these carbs and fats to stick at it. And also think about this, the person at the end of the day, I mean, those of us who have tracked carbs, fats, protein, we've all been there. End of the day, you have like 20 fats. This is just an example. 20 fats, two carbs. And you're like, great. What am I, what am I supposed to do with that? Like drink olive oil 
like just have, I mean, because I, I don't have enough carbs for peanut butter and, um, and then, you know, that will make me hit my fats though, but then I'll go over on my carbs though. And it's like this, this annoying game that for 99% of you, it doesn't need to exist. So I really hope that this just sets you free. Because when I do one-on-one consultations with people and we figure out, okay, this is what your protein should be according to your goals, your body composition, your age. This is what your protein should be. And then this is what your calories should be. And then let's just break up your calories evenly throughout the day so that you're not eating like a bird all day and then binging at night so that you're actually feeling satisfied throughout the day. There's so much freedom in how they fill that, right? So um, like, for example, I had this sandwich yesterday that was 30 grams of protein because I had a slice of cheese. I did low carb bread. um, I had uh, roast beef, um, deli. And so I'm able to hit 30 grams of protein and I didn't care where fats and carbs landed. And then, so I nailed it. It was like 30 grams of protein and the sandwich itself was only 300, I think some calories. And so I could end it with eating two thin mint Oreos. And so it's like, yes, I got this, this high protein it was filling. I enjoyed it. And then I got this, this yummy, um, you know, two Oreos where that's all I needed to kind of top it off. And it just, it hit the spot of, you know, the nutrients, the protein, because I had lettuce and tomatoes on there. And, and then um, I also got my little treat that kind of hit that, that satisfaction spot too. Because that's also very important. It's not just feeling a little bit more full, but are we really satisfied? And satisfied is actually more of an emotional response than it is anything else. And so I just love that freedom. And you know, when I move into maintenance, I'm going to eat that same meal because I enjoyed it, except for I'm going to have regular bread, not low carb bread. And I'm probably going to finish it with my two Oreos that I still love. Because I genuinely loved the meal. So just the quick change, I can make the meal either a calorie deficit meal or a maintenance meal. And that, teaching people that and how to do that is the most important thing. It will help them take this ability and this skill into maintenance so they can maintain their progress And also create a lifestyle. So having people focus on the high protein, on the calories, it makes things far more enjoyable, maintainable, sustainable, I should say, right? So that is why I have changed. Uh, If you have coached with me over the past year, you would have been given protein and calories, not macros. Some people asked for macros. Some people asked for carbs and fats. And it was kind of funny because a lot of them ended up not following them. (laughs) A lot of them just ended up protein and and calories. Anyway, so hopefully this has been valuable. 
Hopefully that this can help you. If you have any friends that you feel like could um, really get a lot out of this message, maybe they're obsessing too much about carbs and fats. Maybe tracking is too painful for them. It's just too much. Honestly, um, one of my Instagram pals said it the best, trainer page. Um, and I, I really agreed with this one. She shared my post and then she said, the fewer variables to keep track of, the higher the adherence and consistency, therefore, the better the results. So this is actually something that she also uses for her clients. They're still able to see all the results, enjoy foods a lot more. And yeah, it really is just a win-win. If you have any questions about this episode, please don't hesitate to shoot me a message on Instagram. You can follow me there, Lifting Lindsay. I'm also starting a YouTube page, guys, and I'm really, really trying to um, get that going. It's kind of funny. If you go into my garage, I had somebody come over and just set up like five or six different lights. So it looks like some fancy studio and it's kind of hilarious. Um, I don't know how I'm going to keep my kids out of that. But also you go into my office and he set up all these lights there too because I really want to start pushing more for YouTube videos. I like the longer platforms that allow me to explain things in more detail with more nuance. Because if you just say things like, sometimes I see people on Instagram and they're like, you know, tracking fats and carbs is stupid. Don't do that. And then that's like the end of their post. And I'm like, ah, I really like having the ability to fully explain things to you so that you guys can have a greater understanding and then choose for yourself. You know, choose for yourself whether you are like, you know what, maybe I'll try that in the future. For right now, I'm just going to stick to tracking carbs and fats because I've already found something I enjoy or whatnot. I don't really care. You know, you do you. I'm just here um, trying to share uh, best practices, what I've seen work best. And honestly, when people, people are often looking for some macro magic ratio that just doesn't exist. If there is anything to that, I mean, I've discussed before how um, it, there's how we really can't do it according to body types, like some people want to say, um, because there isn't actually just, you know, a couple different body types. There's so many blends. There's also training that really changes uh, how somebody may need carbs. So I'll just end on this note. When it comes to fat requirements, as far as macro fat requirements, it's 0.4 grams per lean body mass. You know, for me, that's like I've I've I can't I shouldn't be going under for multiple days 38 grams of fats. Well, I don't do that. Like naturally I hit higher. Naturally, most people do. So I personally don't think you need to worry about that. Now, there are some individuals who lean towards higher fats and lower carbs, but then they are doing a lot of metabolic work that just burns right through those carbs. So I would say if you're if you feel like your training is suffering, 
maybe get some more carbs and you've decided not to track, you know, carbs and fats, if you feel like your training is beginning to suffer, um, then just include a little bit more carbs post-workout and or throughout the day and and you'll be fine. So just little adjustments like that, like, oh, maybe like my energy levels in the gym have gone down. Well, that could be a few reasons. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Um, maybe uh, just how you're timing carbs throughout the day, you're front loading all of them and then getting none throughout the day and maybe balancing them throughout the day would be a little bit better for you. You know, just kind of test it out and see um, if you're naturally leaning towards low carb, then maybe you should just include like 20 more grams of carbs post-workout and that can make all the difference right there. Just a tiny little adjustment for you. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay program. If you have any questions, let me know. You can go to liftinglindsay.com to sign up for my training app for optimized training. If you sign up for my app, you get access to the Facebook group as well as monthly Zoom calls with me where I answer questions and even help people lay out their nutrition plans and their own like needs for their goals. You guys have a wonderful week.